0: The OAMnetwork.com.
1: Power to the podcast. The Gym Gypsy Podcast is brought to you by Lift and Let Live and the FF5 Challenge. The FF5 Challenge is a five-week functional fat loss challenge that includes a seminar at your gym and individualized meal plans. To sign up for an upcoming challenge or for more information on how to bring the FF5 to your gym, just email Fit at gmail or visit thegymgypsy.com. Make some coffee and grab your gym bag. We're going on an adventure. It's the Jim Gypsy Podcast. I am here with Danny Camargo, not Carmago. Let's get that right right off the bat because people screw that up. You said right? Uh, often, uh, Camacho,
0: Camero. That's Camero, one I get Camero.
1: Camacho. That's a good one. Like uh, Ralph Camacho, or what is it? Was that the guy from the from the Karate Kid?
0: Um, Ralph Macho. Macho. That's. I haven't, what gotten, it was. That one, that's I haven't gotten that one. I haven't gotten that one.
1: So we actually, I actually just said it wrong. <clears throat> no, this is kind of part two of yeah. um. Of, of interviewing you we did one a while back um and uh, uh it, it kind of got lost in the shuffle and everything else so you forgot
0: about me man it's um, all right
1: <laughs> i was so excited i felt like i wanted a, another chance to interview you so um if you don't know who daniel is he is the senior international coach for usaw I is am, that right Yep.
0: one, one so, of many there's about i don't know, i'm gonna guess here Fourteen, low teens. But among. you're the most attractive one. I don't know about that. My hair is is on fleek right now. <laughs> it's so glistening. My, I wish we were doing video. When you have when you coach Maddie Rogers, you tend to kind of you know tighten it up.
1: Yeah. So yeah. So for all you guys that, like I said, don't know Daniel, he is a coach to Maddie Rogers, which is probably like she's like the most famous weightlifter in America, probably right now. I would say, right?
0: You know, um, it's hard for me to judge that. I don't see it that way. I mean, much like when I have you know coaches who either follow me or maybe uh, you know consult with me. Uh, with, with from my experience and things in their own careers, I don't quite see it that way because I think I'm just so busy, and, and you know my passion is just developing athletes, and you know and I'm humbled uh, by anyone who who thinks otherwise. Um, uh, the most popular, you know, I, again I see her every single day. <laughs> I've had her since she was like 15 years She's old. She's nothing. So, She's just so I knew her before <laughs> she was Maddie Cakes before um, she broke the glass before she broke my glass and, and that alone made her popular which you know what let me just say this it's it was we posted it cuz we we thought it was funny mm-hmm. um we, we didn't think it was that funny and um we could not have um predicted how viral that thing got and it got to That's, a point where she yeah but it got to a point where she just no longer enjoyed the recognition of that at first it was funny she liked it but then after a while it, it bummed her out because people didn't recognize her at that time. I was
1: going to say, yeah, she wants to be recognized for her for accomplishments. Her accomplishments. Yeah, 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 right on. But isn't it, it's kind of weird though. That's the way viral, vid- you don't ever know when a video is going to go viral. No, I guess not. I mean, yeah. just something, I guess, whatever the tides were, you know, they, they were right for that. You know, weightlifting has been on a rise and, you know, she's a young yeah. girl and it was funny. It was all these things that kind of clashed together. Yeah. And um, I think the person that posted it, I mean, you guys already had a little bit of a following. so we, Yeah. Um, Oh, it boomed, man! It boomed. So if if nobody knows what that uh, what we're talking about, um, there's a video that came out. How long has it been now? It's like two years,
0: almost three, about two and a half. And she got a ton of followers, man, thousands of followers after Amazing. that, which, listen, I understand the world of social media, and it's hard for me to understand this at times because I might have been born a little too early, right? I mean, I, I'm on social media. I kind of suck at it. But I know I know how it, how important it is uh, to what we do, um, especially when you're self-employed like me. Um, but uh, I also understand and listen to the young ones wanting, seeking more followers. I mean, I, I realize followers can turn into money you know long term but she was starting to get the wrong kind of followers from that experience and you know she was telling me man i got i'm making this number up man because i can't remember what it is 500 600 new followers this week just from that video and i go well congrats i think and she goes no no that's what you're not understanding coach she says uh, back then um I, I, people are beginning to follow me that have nothing to do with the sport of and they're just following me because of the humor of it and now i'm getting really nasty comments I'm getting people to say things that are very uneducated about my posts um, and it's just not the kind of followers I would want She said I would give them all up if I could so
1: Yeah, there's um, there's a book out there, a documentary or something like that. It's it's called "Don't Read the Comments," (laughs) and it's and it's about social media. And I'll try and look for it, and I'll put it in the notes for this or whatever. But it's it's perfect for that because you kind of in this day and age, you kind of have to take the bad with the good because if if you're gonna get to a million followers, you're not gonna get there without a lot of dislikes. Yeah, right. I guess that's part of it. And I guess there's one way of looking at it. She had. Um, she had a lot of negative followers that that came to her from that. But what you said was key. There, there's a lot of people that don't even follow weightlifting. Yeah. that started following her. Yeah. From so that. what that's doing is spreading the sport. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And and like, what's the you know, no such thing as bad press. Yeah. Right. Any press. So or, I mean, you know, there the may have been a couple people bad. that got into Olympic. Maybe they were powerlifters, crossfitters, or just somebody that was going to a regular gym and maybe they're weightlifting now because they saw that. And yeah. So well, I guess there's you know there's two different ways to look at it. Yeah. But there's definitely. A lot of hate. A lot of hate out there. So, yeah. but let's, let's, let's stop talking about that because I want to talk about you. I want to talk about, um, how you came up. Um, you got a cool story. You were, um, you served, right? Like you, you're a police officer. Yep. 13 years. And, um, and you grew up where?
0: Orlando, Florida.
1: Okay. Yeah. And, um, it was, t- tell me the story about that, just how you came up.
0: Uh, how I got into it. Uh, well, I, you know, a lot of people don't, don't know this at the time of this, this, uh, conversation i'm having uh, with you now i'm 40 i'll be 41 this summer and i learned the snatch and clean and jerk when i was 12 and uh you know at a point when no one no one cared right i mean i was do the
1: math backwards that's yeah that's 28 years ago it is that was 1990 91 91 ish that i Started getting involved, right? Let's put that in perspective. Tupac and Biggie Smalls were still alive then. They
0: were. And not (laughs) as popular as they were eight years after this date, right? Yeah. Yeah, they were coming up. And so uh, I I, I got in because I was uh, always an active kid. I played a lot of sports. And uh, I loved football. Still do. A big football fan. Uh, Loved the sport. I understood the sport. I was smart on the field. I knew plays. I knew everything that a coach wanted me to know um and then my cognition was there but i was small and i was getting my ass handed to me uh, on the field so my brother says you need to get weight you need to get pumped up and you need to get strong let's get some muscles on you and so he dragged me to the high school gym i was in middle school at this time and um uh, one day after school um at the high school um not far from my middle and first day actually the very first day i walk in and he's curls bench Machines, we're just, we don't know, we're uneducated and we're just trying to get more uh, muscular and get stronger for football. And that very day, I got approached by a school teacher. Um, It turned out that teacher was a 30 year veteran of Olympic lifting. Oh, wow. Who's so talk, that? So Coach Bill McDaniel. He has since passed away, and I'm in charge of his team now. Um, and um, I took over when he uh, when he passed away, but he was my mentor and taught me everything, man. Here's a snatch. Here's a clean. This is how you act. This is what you do. Here's the etiquette. Um, this is how we prepare. How you lose weight. I mean, he you know, taught me so much. I use now today. Um, and that's how I got my start. So, you know, back in the day, 20-something years ago, I'm a youth lifter turning into a junior lifter. And he got me to a really high level. And I was so blessed to have had him. Um, and uh, every time someone would say to me, some, uh, the layman, hey, Danny, what sports do you play? And I'll say, oh, I'm weightlifting all proud, you know, expecting them to know. They'd have no clue and say, how much do you bench? Yeah.
1: Well, I don't. Well, then, no, the answer to that is when someone when you're a weightlifter and someone asks you how much you bench, the answer is every 6 months. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh just enough around uh spring break. Yeah. Um or um I was involved in high school weightlifting. A lot of people may not know this, but in the in the state of Florida, weightlifting is a high school varsity sport. Now, they uh they don't practice the snatch, they contest the bench and the cleaning jerk. So technically I benched only a couple times seasonally. Uh, because I'm an Olympic lifter first and my coach wouldn't let me bench, man. He wouldn't let me. He said, hey, it's going to affect the position of your snatch. You know, we uh, we think differently now these days. We know you can bench if you just maintain flexibility, you know, and, and that sort of thing. Uh, but, uh, man, people were clueless. I would go to a national meet and uh, a packed house five people in the crowd and Uh, this is what year uh, let's go 92 through 98 national events that i would attend and and win medals and and do really really well you know not at every single one but the ones i'm most proud of 200 athletes maybe Two hundred fifty athletes, perhaps. Uh,
1: that's actually more than I would have guessed yeah. back, back back then. then no. So let's 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 paint a picture for everybody. What were the weights lifted back then? Like oh, so wow. if you if you were competing, were you competitive at the national wow. level? Then? Yeah, I was. I was. Okay. So and you competed as a eighty five kilo, eighty five kilo, and what was your what was your total at that nationals? And where did it place you?
0: Um. See, let's see the the highest. Uh, I'm going to give you an average. This is based on old memory here. Third place, bronze medal, junior national level, eighty my weight class. Uh the guys there were totaling around two eighty five, two ninety. Wow, at uh, nationals. And uh, and that's that's still pretty good. That's not a bad total right now. You know, I w I won two of them back to back. Um ranked really high. Uh, but made several junior world teams, international trips as well. Uh my best lifts uh equated to a three thirty four total. Um and you know, that was um, that was considered like breaking records. Elite, yeah. Elite. I was breaking records back then. You know? Uh and I'm not saying that it is that much greater now, but well the totals are
1: let's see what, what, what were the totals now? I mean, for anybody well, want- that, that we're actually at the Arnold here now, so we'll see we'll see some totals, you know.
0: How about this? How about two weeks ago, the junior nationals where um Harrison Morris Snatched. Oh, Lord. I'm I don't even know that he's in the 150s and he clean and jerk 200. You know, I mean, that's a 350 something total right there, man. And forgive me for the listeners out there. I don't have it right in front of me. I know I wa- I watched the clean and jerks. I didn't watch the snatches. Um. So, yeah, listen, uh, the elite now in my class, same age group, man, are doing 20 kilos more.
1: And that's just because the pool's bigger. I
0: think the pool's bigger. That's yeah. it. That's it. Our philosophies didn't change, man you know i, I gosh it's, it's so frustrating to hear um you know people especially newer into the sport oh why aren't you know why aren't americans more competitive internationally we you know the europeans have the best philosophies or the, or or china they're the be- they are the best you know around the around the world um and american system sucks that is not the case we have some really damn good coaches here in the united states freaking smart
1: um, we brought in some of the best coaches too. We haven't and that and doesn't nece-
0: that hasn't necessarily improved our standing internationally, you know, and I was coached by one of them um at the elite level back in the 90s. Dragomir Cheruslan was his name uh from Romania. We hired him. Uh, two-time Olympian, bronze medalist. He came in and he took over um, as the national coach for the United States. Uh, we excelled. We did really well under him. I loved him. I loved his programming. I get some things from him that I now coach, I use for my own coaching. Um, and uh, since him, we've had Zygmunt from uh, from Poland.
1: And years ago, Spitz or Dave Spitz brought in Avijaev, yes. which a lot of people see him as this idol and Absolutely. it didn't even do anything. Of course, there's... Drugs involved and all that I know and everything but you know those things. I mean we didn't get any better because of that It's just it's
0: the um it's an Athlete pool, and yeah. it's a clean playing field and I was gonna yeah. say that i was gonna wrap it up and say even though and these comments American coaching is great. I'm not gonna sit and argue. It's the best of whatever that's actually subjective I'm saying that we do not have bad coaching. I think the American system is great. I think the American coaches are awesome. I think uh they're very brilliant here programming, but you can only be so good if you have a small pool of athletes, which is historically the case, um or we're just a clean country. Um we're we're, we're a clean country. What are you going to do? We 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 can't hang if everyone else is dirty. But look, if you noticed the two things I just told you are starting to change a little bit. Bigger pool, and it's an even, more even playing field.
1: Well, there's a lot of people getting popped internationally for sure. Um, uh, yeah. Watt is definitely stepping up. Um, but we're also seeing more people um, in the United States get popped here, too. Yep. So, and uh, we can talk about that a little bit later. What I want to talk about right now is since you're talking about coaching, when did you make the transition from coaching or from weightlifting to coaching and why?
0: Yeah, from athlete to coach. Yeah. Um, wow. You know, that's, a, that's a awesome because not that many people know this. Um I retired from the sport. I didn't quit. Thank you very much. I retired. Um it uh for one reason Did you
1: put your shoes on the platform when you last? I wasn't that you great. You didn't okay. I wasn't that great.
0: I might have been a US team member and I've been I made every single international trip at all levels except the big one, right? The Olympics. Yep. Never made the Olympic team. But even then, I wasn't great enough to put my shoes, uh, drop them, or kiss them and throw them to the crowd, which I visualized quite a bit. But do you have to be great way. to
1: do that, or you just have to be have enough like cojones to you do it? You just have to have enough balls. You have to, do to that, think really. you're great I mean, you enough. You just gotta
0: think you're. You know, yeah. I mean, it's hey, listen, man, our sport means what it does to each individual. You know, um, and I, you know, I could have had a dramatic finish, but I will say I decided to retire in mid-cycle. So had I planned it out, I mean, I was a young punk too. Maybe I would have done something.
1: So how old were you when you retired? Twenty. There was a year I turned
0: twenty-one. Yeah, I biologically that's young, but I had been in the game specialized
1: almost a decade,
0: nine years. Yeah, Yeah. Um, snatch, clean, pull, squat every single day, every week, all year long. It burned me out. So there's the answer. Why did I? People say, Why did you retire so young? Why did you retire at all? And I said. Um, for years I've been telling people burned out absolutely burned out looking back I just needed a vacation that's all I needed man Um, I didn't get it
1: so how long was there between you retiring from lifting and deciding that you w- was coaching what what made you love it again once you like started to miss it yes or?
0: yes yeah. uh, one year I was doing some soul searching historically in the sport of weightlifting when you when you retire, you got to go get a life.
1: I was going to say, did you go on a walkabout yeah. or did you like do a bodybuilding show? I partied. <laughs> no, partied. <laughs> I
0: partied, man. I came home and I go, what do you mean I can eat whatever the F I want? What do you mean I don't have to get up early to train uh, you know, on a Saturday morning when all my buddies are out the night before? What do you mean? And so I, I let loose, man. I let loose.
1: Yeah, macros weren't even a thing in 99.
0: wasn't. Well, clean eating wasn't a thing either. I mean, you know, I can't even tell you how I cut weight when I needed to. I never did it uh, dramatically, you know. I cut weight always reasonably. It was really easy to do so. But, um, I, I, you know, for a year, I uh, was trying to figure out what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. Now, here's what's funny though. your question. When I was an athlete, I had aspirations of one day becoming a coach. And I wanted to become a coach because how much I respected my own um, and what they did for me. I wanted to become a coach because uh, naturally I have this desire to to help people and teach. Like it's a thing I've always enjoyed, you know, doing that in, in my personal life, in school. Um, I just I always found myself lending a hand. It just it makes me feel good to help someone else. Like that's, I've that's a part of my character. I've always been that. And the and the last reason, believe it or not, is that <clears throat> you have your primary coaches in the sport of weightlifting. But when you earn spots on U.S. trips or in U.S. teams. Um, your primary coach may not be who is selected for the trip. So you find yourself temporarily for a week or two weeks being coached or guided by someone who isn't your everyday, um, the assigned coach. And I had quite a few awesome assigned coach, uh, coaches. I love them all. And i still have friendships with some of them.
1: Is there a reason why we do that? Because I've been aware of that, and it's always okay. been something that's been confusing to me because you would think you would want whoever got you. You, yeah. would, you think you'd want to dance with whoever brought you to the party.
0: Yes, absolutely. They're turning to that now. You're seeing more of that now. I think back in the day it was funding, and why that didn't happen. Um, you, uh, they always allowed personal coaches, um, primary coaches, who were not selected, because listen, if you got eight guys, eight girls on a squad, that's 16 uh, total coaches you could be bringing, that's gonna be too many chefs in the kitchen. All right, so you've got to have someone accountable. We get that, great, who is that person? There was That process has changed several times over the years, but they will leave several out, and they have said, you're allowed to come. They have never prohibited a primary coach to attend the trip and participate in their own athlete's performance on your own dime so when you're traveling to Cape Town South Africa as I did once or uh other maybe perhaps eastern European countries man the money's just not there it's tough so that's so that's probably why you didn't see it so much but listen they're turning to that that's changing a little bit you're seeing more uh primary coaches attend um and and help their athletes and let me tell you something USAW does an amazing job of backing up and letting that organic you know uh Uh, dynamic between athlete and coach happen even though they have people responsible and people that are um held accountable uh for the team as a whole um they uh they've been they've been backing up and letting that happen because we want the best we want the best for our team
1: absolutely so when you started to transition so so you had retired how long of a period of a time was there before you went into coaching and and what did that look like for you
0: well it was accidental it was one year um it took me one year um, to even get back into the gym. I was—it was a love-hate relationship, man. You know, you ever been? A, you ever have a relationship and you're fighting all the time, and then you make no, up. No, never. Yeah, and then you make up, and then you're like in love again, and it's a honeymoon stage, and you're pissed off again, and you're up and down, up and down, and then you're like, I should leave, I should leave, but you can't. That was me—the last 18 months of my career, I was beat up. I was—I'm not going to say I was overtrained. I was not overtrained. I think I was under-recovered, right? And and there's a difference there because to say I'm overtraining, I'm blaming it on them uh, who provided the training. No, I mean, it was just intense. I just I don't think I was doing enough for myself. Yeah,
1: were you doing enough outside of the gym? No, you know, were you getting work done on you? Whatever no. it is, were you eating enough food? No. What a, a lot of powerlifters say there's no such thing as overtraining, just undereating. Yeah, oh, okay, um, yeah. Which that's a big, you know, people argue about that too or whatever. But I, I like I like saying that you're under recovered more so because yeah. everybody's got different amounts that they can train, and depending yep. on what you're doing, I mean, are you in? Are you doing? Are you floating? You know, like right. you know, deprivation tanks. Yep. Um, are you are you doing stem? Um, you know, are you know, whatever, there's all kinds of things that you can do to maybe that you could train the same amount and still get there. Are you t- getting ART done, right. all these things, which, of course, to your credit, a lot of those things probably weren't really available. I was waiting and the money to go, was yeah. definitely not available back then.
0: I can say that. I, I was waiting to say many of the tricks and the tactics and the um, uh, extras that will complement training um, wasn't there. Icing, stretching, ibuprofen, and mentality. That's it. That's all you had. Um, And uh, anything that would have been offered would have come with a certain level of skepticism anyway. Um, You know, now I think the athletes have a ton. I mean, some things are garbage. Some things are amazing um, that are out there. It's up to each athlete. But I agree, uh, and I preach this now to my athletes. What are you doing outside of the gym? If you expect to walk in the gym, train hard every day... And that by itself uh, will leave you uh, lead you to championships. It's it's not. There's too many other athletes that are doing the right thing outside of the gym. Your talent will get you somewhere, man. But there's you need to do the little bit extra. So I, I you know I preached all the young ones who come in because they're hooked on social media. They see the successes of all the athletes, but they don't know what the hell the athletes doing in between those posts. And so coming to training is is not alone. And I just I did that. I would come in and I I was. My best snatch was 152, you know, as an 85 junior. Wow. I mean, that was huge. That was even that was huge back then. That's huge. Now, Harrison Morris is doing a little bit more than that, and he's looking great. I'm really proud to see him and what he's been able to do, uh, he and his coach Kevin, um, the last couple years, um, and um, that was 100. I hit those numbers, waking up, eating like garbage, honestly, um, training. And then playing Nintendo 64 that had just come out <laughs> in between sessions, man. What
1: was your game? What was your Nintendo 64 game? Dude,
0: when Mario Kart came out, oh. hooked. hooked on Mario Kart. We would have battles in the dorm room uh, back We would forth.
1: do that in Goldeneye.
0: Yes, yeah. Mario right Kart and
1: Goldeneye, man. We would just go over and I was, let's see, when that came out, I was probably 17 or so or yeah, whatever not not okay to drink You're right right yeah, not okay but, to drink yeah right right but we would go over to my buddy's house and we would just drink all night and play golden
0: yeah yeah so um <laughs> anyways to so come back full circle man i i started coaching and here's how that happened um i walked in to see my coach who's pissed off that i stopped training and again i was just i was burnt out man if you know now as a coach i'm much much smarter about forcing time off when necessary for my athletes um even if that means when they come back they're sluggish they're slow and we got to rebuild well when, when they rebuild they're better than they were the cycle the macro cycle before uh athletes are understanding that a little bit better uh, i was given a go 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 a day off time off was one day a week that's it that's all you get Um and if I would have taken three months off and agreed to skip a tournament that was of lesser value of my long term goals, I think I would have survived longer. You know, but but there was no such thing as meets that were of lesser value. You had to go to all the ones that you know national level and whatnot. I mean, um, you know, I it was just it was a bit of a different game. So, anyways, I'm time I'm off for about a year. I kept in touch with my coach, called him once in a while every time he'd hang up on me pissed off, and he was an older man. I guess it's harder to to hear this without knowing who he was he even when I met him, I met him at the age of twelve, he was then sixty years old, and he uh we referred to him in school as you know the grumpy old man, he was super grumpy man, he was that old teacher, but loved me, man, and he treated me well and uh and I connected with him ironically. Uh, and the, the combo did, we did very, very well. And so I went to see him, coach, how you doing? And he's like, you ready to come back? No coach, I'm, I'm done with that shit. I'm, I'm over it, man. I can't, I can't train. I'm still banged up and I haven't trained in a year eating as if I was training, um, without the training. So you can imagine what I felt and looked like.
1: You weren't an 85 anymore. ninety
0: 95 probably. Um, and he says, come on, you know, you're still young. And at this time now I'm talking to you, I'm 22. And I said, Coach, I just, I just can't do it. I can't do it. Anyways, he's busting my chops, but I love them anyways. And I was just there for, uh, for a short visit. As I'm sitting with him at a normal routine afternoon after school practice um, at the high school, I turned over and there was a group of kids that he was working with, and it was just one young man, and he was, uh, he was making a real basic error that I thought I could help out. Right. So I say to get myself away from the coach who was busting my chops. I said, Coach, all right, all right, I, I get what you're saying. Listen, uh, this kid over there, hes the, may I help him? Yeah, go ahead, tell him whatever you're going to tell him. So I walk away. I introduce myself to the kid who who knew me just from that local level. And he says, uh, yeah, what's going on? I said, listen, man, I'm just visiting Coach, but I noticed you're doing this wrong. Can I help you? He says, yes, I fixed something on his grip. I mean, it was super basic. I mean, that, that wasn't even coaching. That was peer coaching, right? And it worked. One rep, the kid fixed what I asked him to, and he lit up, dude. And when he lit up, it lit me up. I go, that was kind of cool. All right, so now I'm talking a little bit more, and I'm finally, I'm getting into a session with this kid, man. And it was not intended. I thought I was gonna come in, get yelled at, and leave. Well, by the end of the session, I go to leave and stuff. The kid runs up to me. And he goes, Hey, can you come back? You know, tomorrow. I'm like, Nah, man. I'm, I was just a one day visit, man. I'm not, I'm not here. He's bugging me, whatever. I, I did, I decline. I leave. I get a phone call at my apartment like two days later from the same kid. How'd you get my number? Coach gave it to me. I go okay. Now he's stalking you. Now he's stalking me, man. There was no social media back then, kids. There was no way to DM me. I don't even know what that means. Um,
1: he hit you on your beeper. Go, oh, the, two the pager.
0: Way. Yeah, he gave me a code on my ba- my pager. Call me. So uh, I uh, I anyways, I you got my number. What's going on, man? Can you come back? I go why are you, Why are you asking me, man? I go, Ask Coach. Coach can. He, that's what he's there for. Coach is old, man. Coach doesn't give a shit. He just yells at us all the time, which is true. And man, he a 30-year veteran. I mean, he had produced quite a bit of champions before me. Um, ah, so, the kid drags me in. But when I go in the second time, I again got lit and I said, I'll be back tomorrow. That was 19 years ago and I'm I'm here, man. I'm here. I'm at the freaking Arnold.
1: Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. So, it was kind of by accident. It was. You it weren't was. I knew really... I always wanted to. I just wasn't ready to. If that kid hadn't have Corrected properly from that simple cue, Mm-mm. you may be selling used cars by now.
0: I might be flipping burgers, man, or something. You know? <laughs> or you I'm, may
1: may still be a police officer. Or that. When did that
0: happen? Yeah. So listen, I started coaching first, as I had what I just told you. That's I started engaging in coaching, but there's no money, right? It was a volunteer thing. You did it out of love, right? There was the idea of time was money is just not applicable here, and what we were doing, like it's a hobby. Yeah, you, you know what I mean, and I. I if someone would have given me money, okay, coach, I'll give you 30 40 bucks to coach me, I would I would have declined because i it wouldn't, it wouldn't have felt right. I, that's really hard for people in our industry right now to understand that. I get that because now you don't even get spoken to unless you commit to the gym or paying for a coach's travel, which that never happened before either. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm benefiting from that. I am. I'm making a living now off of the barbell, and I've had to change my view on that in order to become and stay relevant. Um, but back then, I'm just, okay, so great. I'm not making any money. I have an apartment. I was, you know, uh, working um, just uh, – Random jobs around town.
1: At this point, were you in school, or yes, were you? Okay. Yes,
0: finishing up school. I had uh, up until my retirement. I mean, I was the year I turned twenty-one, so I was two years into school. So, I was finishing up. It was a degree in criminal justice. Um, there's nothing else that really entertained me, you know that that appealed to me. So I'm going to the school, just going through uh, the moves. I I really didn't care about school. I'll be honest with you, but um, I, I I knew that. It at least gave me a little bit of a chance of getting into some career. So now I'm coaching. Uh, so get a side get a couple hours a day, that's it, tops. 90 minutes a day, a couple times a week. Uh, that's because of my schedule, and I was operating out of a high school, which back then, they would permit you to be someone from the outside, not even associated with the school, and run like...
1: It's very difficult to get into a high school now, nowadays. Now they
0: don't play around with that. Back yeah. in the day, anyone come off the street with permission, a handshake, They'll let you do it if it helped the kids out. Whatever you know, things are different now. Yeah. Plus, I had the I had the, I had my coach who was present. He was my in anyway. Well, uh, I decided let me go into the police academy. Um, it's uh, it's a good career. It's action. I went in because it was exciting, um, and uh, I treated it like another sport. It was challenging to learn the laws, pass all the exams, get state certified. Um, I had never fired a gun up until that time, so that too was exciting, and so that was my other interest. I was at one point police officer, cop by day, coach by night, right, um, doing everything I wanted to do. I had dreams, not aspirations, because an aspiration means you're actively attempting to a dream that was not realistic of one day coaching full time. But you can't at that time do so without some other job to pay the bills, right? So, my profession, I chose law enforcement. Other weightlifting coaches were in the medical field, some were firefighters, some were school teachers, like my own uh, mentor. Um, so, um, I had to pay the bills, and that's what I did. And I went 13 years doing both.
1: It's very interesting um, in that now there are way more coaches. Um, there are way more coaches that are. Just coaches, and they can even start their business out with coaches, and everybody's kind of um, it's just a different world, right? So, do you think that that affects someone as a coach, like maybe even like a value? Because that's the way it was like, either you just had money, like somebody who's like John Coffee, for example, right? right comes to mind, yeah, right? great coach, and he, awesome. he came from a family for money or something like that, yeah. But, like you said, a lot of these coaches were like you, you, you know, you were in this, um, in the well your police officer and yep. or medical field or something like that. So you kind of had values as, um, you were in it because you loved it. Good, uh, right. Passion. Whereas I feel like maybe, maybe, and I could be wrong. Maybe there are a lot more people out there today that maybe don't have that same passion because their only source of income is yeah, it's a business. The world. fitness world.
0: It's a business. For, it's, it's, it's business now. And, and it's hard, man. Cause is that sure. good or bad. It's good. It's good. Uh, but it comes at a cost. Uh, No, No pun intended. (laughs) (laughs) And and I I say that because it's good because it, the business that it can be allows people to do it for a living like me. So I cannot say it's bad. I'm benefiting from it. Uh, But the part that is bad is that without the business sense of it or business... Um, benefits from it, you are now having people not be passionate about it, not committed to it, um, or maybe limiting themselves. Here's my example. Local coach to me who I've mentored um, in his young coaching career um, came through the CrossFit side uh, and I participated heavily in CrossFit. I still do. Love CrossFit. Um, And he coach, I want to get into lifting now. Great. So he starts to bounce ideas. How do I start a program? How do I do that? I never charged the kid a dime for my consultation. Could I now say to the moving forward, you want to sit down in my office and pick my brain for 30 minutes about how best to run a youth program as an example. Okay, now I'm going to charge a consulting field. Could I do that? Yes, but I don't. I think some coaches are. I am not hating on that. I'm not saying that it's wrong. Uh, It's just not me. I want to help others, and I think coaches should communicate, and I think we should work together. But this now coach um, ended up, um, you know, moving on, developing an athlete of his own or two, hits me up and says, Coach, I have two athletes going to a junior national. This was a couple years ago. if 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 my memory serves me correct, And uh, I'm not gonna go. Is there someone out there you know? Would you be willing to kind of step in on my behalf? I'm over here thinking scheduling conflict, Um, or maybe the guy's broke and can't afford it, which I get. You know, maybe talk to the athletes see if you have some way to pitch in and make your trip. So I said, sure, man. Why can't you go? What's going on? Oh well, there's only two of them, um, and uh, I'm not charging them or something like this, so I'm not gonna go. And I. Coming from where I come and listen, I'm I'm all about the new age. I'm down with it. I'm following. I'm trying to change with the times. But I'm also a bit of a traditionalist. And that struck me. And I said, dude, you got two kids that are depending on you. You're not going to go because I ain't paying you. Can you afford to go? Sure, I can afford. But I, you know, why should, time is when he calculated the time it took to travel be there and how much it was a value. It's business sense. I understand that that makes zero business sense. To take these two kids to a competition, um, lose money to do it. Maybe they win. Maybe they don't even win. Doesn't do anything for your gym. Maybe that's exposure. Maybe it's not exposure. But that is what he was going into with that mentality. I didn't like it.
1: Yeah, and that sounds like someone that just doesn't really have a true love for the sport. Um, or maybe not. I don't want to put that on them. And obviously, we're not naming any names, so we're not, <laughs> not down anybody. But, um, but you know, this is really somebody. Um, that's exactly what I'm talking about. That's such a great example because a perfect me, example is things like podcast, like you sitting here and doing this Damn. or, or for the, for that matter, me doing it. Right. Um, I don't do this because I have any expectations of making money out of it. A, I do this because I want to get a chance to talk to someone like you and, potentially maybe learn something from Might you or, or, or just, or just get to know the people that I appreciate and value in the industry. And to me, that has a lot of value. You know, I'm not, I'm not writing this well, You may be able to write it off as a business expense, mm. but you know, but you know, a trip to Ohio, um, to talk to people is not something that's going to be profitable yeah. for, you know, somebody like me and what I do, especially not weightlifting. I don't really even I don't like you said, I don't compete anymore either. And, right. I, and I don't really coach either. You know, right. I'm more in the nutrition field now and, yeah. and things like that. So, but I love for the same reason I got into the sport because I loved it. Yeah. And, and I already made money and I've just like you slowly transitioned out of, for me, it was the automotive industry into fitness, you know, over the course of these last 12 years or however long it's been for me. And, um, and that's the mindset that i have and i do feel that now like you said there's so many pros um in in the internet the advent of of all the social media um you know there's so many chances for people to make money so then the pool becomes bigger yeah right but like you said it comes at a cost and i think that's a huge cost is the passion
0: it is it is man i don't i don't see it i there's too many coaches i think that are trying to balance passion with uh, business and um, I think I've been able to do it very well. I don't know. Man, I'm lucky. I am absolutely lucky. I wake up every day, and this is not dramatic. I'm I'm being accurate here. I wake up every day counting my blessings because I knew um, I have lived through the dark ages of weightlifting in the United States, man. I fully intended, going back to our last conversation about being in law enforcement and a coach at the same time, I fully intended dude, to just be a cop for the full 25, 30 years Full retirement while coaching as a hobby. Retire from law enforcement. Live on a pension, the rest of my life, and continue to coach out of love, and die, and be okay with that.
1: My goal was to uh, be able to afford from the automotive salvage industry enough money to buy enough equipment um, to put in my garage, so I wouldn't have to pay for a gym membership. Right. <laughs> that was that was my goal. That was
0: your goal. That was your <laughs> motivation. You know, and and uh, you know things changed, and now I'm finding that my coaching is 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 I'm t- thirty hours of coaching a week, forty hours of coaching a week, um, and 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 being a cop at the same time. I was a detective for quite a few years as well, and that schedule is all over the place. Uh, burning the candles at both ends, man. I finally made the the leap, the leap of faith, and said, I'm gonna hang up the badge. I'm gonna get into this uh, weightlifting thing, and give it a shot. It was scary, dude.
1: I call that jumping off the bed. Oh. I said that for a long time it felt like a cliff, and when you finally but... yeah yeah exactly but um but that's really what it is and so when you finally just Mm-hmm. take that leap and you're like screw it whatever let's yeah. just see what happens yeah you know stop being scared of the things that could go wrong and start getting excited about the stuff that could go right man. You know? that's
0: a positive way to think of it
1: um so we were talking about changes mm-hmm. i want to talk about the actual physical changes that are going to usaw because okay. there's, there's been a lot of changes in weight classes and, and everything like that what are your thoughts on it and do you have any insight as to why they're doing this yep um there's so many awesome things that are going on in usaw and i think where the landscape of weightlifting in this country is, it's completely different and so much better than it was even even two, three years ago, Yeah, let alone five. But, but why are these changes being made?
0: Um, f- I will preface uh, my answer by saying that the majority of the changes you're asking about is at the international level beyond our control and every country is at the mercy of the IWF. Um, changes with weight classes, um, at least at the Olympics, are happening because there's more sports getting added to the Olympic Games. It's a a matter of limiting participation at the Olympics per sport. You have to. If you allow every sport to have as many competitors at the Olympic level, um, it'll be a month long. You you get what I'm saying? So logistics, uh, it has to be two, two and a half weeks, whatever the length of time is. So you have to fit in X amount of bodies to compete.
1: So does that mean that I guess more people are getting involved in the sport in general and that's why they're creating the different weight classes? Not
0: not quite. I think uh, the Olympic Committee, the International Olympic Committee, um, if I'm not mistaken, they are adding. Their, th- there's some sports that have been removed from the Olympic Games as a whole. Some have been added. You add sports that's more bodies participating and given two and a half weeks of the Olympic Games. So all sports are going to have to suffer a loss of a slot here, a slot there to minimize the amount of countries participating. Otherwise, again, it will just be too long um, of the games. So um, that's part of the reason. Another another uh, part is, you know, listen the scandal, the drug scandal, all the, uh, the countries getting popped, all of these athletes getting popped. I think it was time to clean house and start... With new records, and well, new- and that's
1: that's exactly the first thing because that happened back in what the eighties as well. Yeah, basically yeah. we changed weight classes because no one is was going to be able to break, or at least that was the mentality. The no frequency. one's going to be able to break, um, yeah, or at least it's not going to happen that often. These records that have been set because the 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 meddling totals were way below the previous medaling totals before WADA was a thing.
0: Right, right, exactly, it. and that's another reason. Um, so it's kind of like a. It's like a little housekeeping, if you will, and as of late, what we're understanding, um, and they're disseminating to certain coaches um around the country, is uh the there will be ten weight classes. Um the sport will now be ten for the ladies, ten for the men, but not at the Olympic Games is what is being discussed. What I'm oh, saying okay. is not final, I'm just telling you with the late the, here's an update. Yeah. Much like boxing, I believe boxing does that. You have certain weight classes, um, and then when it comes time for the Olympics, um, there are fewer weight classes or maybe different weight classes. Um, And you as a country, just whatever, whoever you picked to be your athlete, you just shift them into the appropriate uh, weight class. That's going to happen for weightlifting, it seems. Um, Weightlifting is uh, USAW. The uh, national governing body here in in the United States is doing an awesome job of keeping everything as organized as possible because they are the ones waiting. We are waiting on them, they are waiting on IWF and there's nothing anyone can do until they disseminate this thing down the pipeline and make the announcements and USW is gonna scramble at the very last minute because at the time that we expect um, these things to be final, USW has a very short period of time to turn around and make the new rules moving forward for team selection. Athlete selection, I should say. Um, and uh, that's a very stressful job. And the people that are right now in USA Weightlifting, I've got to tell you, I've been more impressed with the staff now than a decade ago. Um, I uh, And not to, you know, not to uh, disrespect any of those uh, powers that be, when I was younger or in my early days of coaching, um, they ran the sport as the best they could based on funds based on um history, tradition and they did their best. Here is the boom now. USW wasn't ready for the boom. And the uh the popularity just grew and the staff then did everything they could to keep up with it. You know, luckily there's now more money coming in because of participation, the American Open Series, man. 960 people here in 2018. Insane. Insane. I didn't think there was 960 people around the country doing weightlifting when I was younger, let alone the same weekend. It's
1: very possible. Yeah.
0: Crazy. Crazy. So um, this quad now, there's been um, some new hires, new positions. Everything is filled right now. And I think they're killing it, man. They're killing it. And I, you know, I think the complaints you might still get from coaches and athletes about USW are the exact same complaints you're going to get in any other sport. But they are fewer, they are further between than ever before. I don't think enough people, too many new people coming into the sport with expectations, maybe a sense of entitlement.
1: Well, the new people coming into the sport are also a lot of, in my opinion, a lot of the issue with with the drugs as well, mm-hmm. because there's a lot of people that are coming in from other sports that maybe have more of a lenient um, drug policy or no drug policy at all.
0: Well, yeah,
1: and, I- and, and, and maybe they just think that it's not as as strict as it is. And then that's affecting the way, again, in my opinion, the way IWF or the yeah. IOC looks at America and weightlifting in general. Yeah. Um, you know, we had the, uh, what was it? They gave us a, an ultimatum, um uh what is it a year or two ago
0: where they banned uh, the world championships you mean
1: yeah well basically where they're saying like if you don't if if you yeah, have the weightlifting doesn't straighten up in the next couple years oh, they we will kick sprint. it off
0: yeah and they won't be in the olympics until 2024 yes okay yeah, yeah the, the, we we heard that threat come down um we don't tighten it up and you know what sucks is that is not we the united states man we were clean country. Okay, yeah, sure. They're, really, they're still dirty Americans. Uh, well, I think the argument it
1: is like, well, you've got more people that are being popped, so more people are doing it. Well, like, no, if they're getting popped, that's a good thing. That means that we're actually doing our job. Right, because right? like, they the were getting
0: popped it. back in the day. Yeah. You think people just started doing
1: drugs? Yeah, no so way. It's like a catch-22. It's like, look, right. do you want us to be honest and try and catch the people that are doing it? Yep. Or do you want us to just look the other way and- and just hope that you don't catch it, right? Yeah,
0: know? no, no, no. I agree with that. We we heard that there's there was a scary threat that uh, you know perhaps uh, the, the sport of weightlifting would not be part of the Olympics uh, in 2024 if uh, there remained issues, right? So we'll see what happens. I was but gonna I, say, do you have any update
1: on that? Because I, I haven't heard.
0: Okay. I don't. In fact, if, if you asked me to give my opinion on that, that that is uh, that ship has sailed. Not an issue. It's just not an issue. Uh, I don't. I don't think. Plus, you know, the, the sport of weightlifting is a very popular sport around the world. Just not as much here in the United States. Definitely not when I was growing up, man. I mean, people would say, "Hey, what sport do you do again?" They ask me how much I bench. Like I already told you. Or later on, see the same person. Hey, how's wrestling going? And I'm like, that. It's weight. Different W. It's weightlifting. Uh- <laughs> uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That thing. Yeah, the snatch and jerk. Right. Yes. And at one point, I gave up. I would just go with whatever the hell they said. Yes, it's yep. called a, it's called a jerkin snatch. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, it's a fun thing. You should try it. It's a clean snatch. It's a clean snatch. A clean snatch. Oh God, whatever. Um, yeah. So uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. There's a lot of changes to the sport. Um, and and USAW has got an amazing staff that are really like, they they're trying to get it done, man. They they care, man. They're trying to get it done, I mean, they have no other motive except promote the sport and excel our teams to the uh to the highest level around the world
1: so i got one or two more things i don't want to talk about um yeah. you know I, th- I feel like i have to talk to you about coaching at least a little bit not not how you did it but um your method how you go across it or how you go about it i'm sorry um are you are you a believer in in testing your strength more or in building your strength more, building. I think is the easiest way I can say it. Right? Yeah,
0: that's actually, I love that question. Um, um, I uh, Much building less building. Bulgarian
1: method, I guess, would be another way of explaining it.
0: My style of programming, my style of training is spend more time building, less time testing. I think that if testing, it, my philosophy, this is my opinion, if, uh, and I've seen success with it, I mean, you're doing pretty good. I, th- I would like to think that it's working for me. Um, I am not saying the alternative and the other philosophy of test more, why waste time building, just keep going heavy is wrong. Um, that has proven successful too. I have my reasons why I choose to spend more time building than PRing or trying to. Um, and in my thought process and the way that I feel, uh, if you test less frequently, less frequently, um, you will see the gains. You will give your body a chance to show you those gains. Uh, instead of frequent testing and you're about the same. I mean, that causes psychologically, I'm plateauing, I'm plateauing. No, it's not that you're plateauing, dude. You just haven't given yourself enough time to build.
1: Or so. you're pushing yourself so hard on those maxes yeah. that you are beating your body up and you're not, like you said, you're under-recovering.
0: Yeah, under-recovering. Um,
1: so, yeah, no, I mean, you know. Obviously, there are two different boats. Probably more than two different boats in that situation. But um, so when you when you go off with your programming, do you stick to percentages? Do you go off like RPE? Um, do you just kind of look at them, you know, and tell them when to stop and things like that? Or how does that work?
0: Yeah. So love this question. It is a topic. I have a very quick and easy answer for you because I, I uh, this topic comes up in most of the seminars or USAW certifications that I teach. Um, and, uh, answer is this beginners. I tell them what to do, how much to put on, tell them when to stop. I'm eyeballing that. Cause you have to hold their hands. Their one rep max is not known. And, uh, so I will do, I will take them to as heavy as form allows done through that. You get an idea of, um, their strength, and then you could jot some digits down and write actual weights for them, reps per sets, and then test them when you feel confident that they can at least bail correctly. Um, And they they can attempt one rep max with some safety and proficiency. It doesn't have to be perfect. Now you have a test. Moving on to the next phase of their programming. Once one rep maxes are known, I am percentage all the time. I believe in the structure. It is harder for a coach. I think it's more work for a coach, but it is far better, far superior with structure um, and and accuracy with my athletes. So I will do percentages the majority of the time. I will RPE certain accessories, different phases of training, because I feel lazy. And I don't really want to write percentages, and it's
1: fun for them. Accessories for you would be? Push press,
0: um, behind the neck stuff, Um, variations of the traditional pull and push. So, Romanian deadlifts, snatch grip, perhaps, right? Uh, Those I usually write percentages for, but uh, let's go with a strict press as my example. I'll tell an athlete in their workout, percentages, the entire workout for all of their different things, and then they land on strict press. I'll give them a five-by-five, five five threes, uh, five triples, whatever phase of training is appropriate. And when they say, Coach, you didn't write percentages. How much you want me to go? I'll tell them, man, make it as heavy as you possibly can with success if you fail you've screwed up so drop the weight and i empower the athletes to come up with that
1: so you give them that just you know you you're allowed one miss or something like that
0: right yeah yeah if you're missing then you're not doing my five sets of three and you know well how much weight is that now you have the, you have the athletes who still want a percentage oh how much and you tell them i don't know go heavy five sets of three but be successful but like but like how much i don't know somewhere around 70 to 80 percent okay but like which one Oh no, shit okay here <laughs> So you might as well just I do well it all because
1: you just wasted more time talking about it. <laughs> talking about it. You well, know, now how, how often do you switch this up? Then I mean, do you do you when you have a percentage and say you've got an athlete that you're finding out maybe they're beat up or they're not recovering properly and they're not able to hit their percentages? Do you yes. adjust their percentages immediately? Yes. Do you say struggle through? What?
0: All right, good. So, uh, man, beautiful question. I tell in that scenario, I'll tell. I tell you what, I've written snatch. I've written polls I've written overhead squats on them today. Right? This is my hypothetical situation. You are struggling in your training, so why don't we stop writing percentages? And for the next week, here's what I want you to do. I want you to do five heavy doubles with snatch. The load is irrelevant. The effort is what we are going to. So identify. going
1: to more of a RP.
0: I do do that. I do do that, and when necessary. And you know what it does for them. It allows them room. It allows them to, um, I empower them to work through what feels five heavy doubles, because that's what I've asked for, um, without quantifying a percentage that I wrote and now they feel like they are failing because they're not hitting. You take away the percentage and they, they, now they don't feel like they're failing.
1: So the answer to your question, do you, or the answer to my question is, do you use, uh, do you hold their hand, do you use percentages, or do you do RPE? Is all, all of, three of those all things. all three? Gee, that's almost that's almost sounds like something intelligent. Like oh, right. like, well, like maybe you're not stuck in one paradigm absolutely. and you're open to all kinds of different things. Thank you for that. And
0: You want to know where I decided and when I decided to do this from screwing it up. <laughs>
1: Because the best coaches are the ones that have had the worst athletic careers a lot of times, right? Yeah, yeah. I tell everyone the only reason I'm a good coach is because I've made every wrong decision you possibly could, and I know exactly how to not let you do those things. Yeah,
0: that's right, man. I, I listen. I was an athlete. You asked me earlier how, when, and how did I convert into coaching? Uh, I gave you that answer. Here we go. Day one, and they're looking at me. I wrote up something on the board. You know what I did? I cheated. I looked at my old log from when I was at the highest level and literally cut and pasted it onto a board and said, let's just do this. I did not know why. I'm so glad that the athletes had back and didn't ask me because if they said, why are we doing five sets of five as an example? Or why are we doing these percentages? Not questioning, but they're getting educated. Coach, why are we doing this? I'm talking day one of my coaching career. I would have lied. Because I didn't know. Just make know. something up. I made some shit up. I don't like know. Like Boulder Dash.
1: You know, remember that game? Yes, like you, yeah. You explain a word, and you have to try and be like, yeah, no, it means this. This is why we're doing this, and there's an arc yeah. to the skeleton that right. we're creating with the-
0: <laughs> BS them, and they would have been like, quote, you're amazing. <laughs> Meanwhile, you're going, damn it, I need to go find this answer for the next But second. you know
1: what, though? That's not such a bad thing, because a lot of the times, it's not so much the thought behind it. People just need to put the effort in, and if someone believes in the program- they're gonna do well with the program. Or it could be the best program in the world if they don't believe it, they're not gonna do well.
0: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. That's psychological yeah. man, this game, it's it's all in the mind, man. You know, I mean, yeah, of course you you need physicality. I mean I'm not I'm not you know I'm So what do very, you do?
1: Stop talking about weightlifting. All right. Got a couple more questions. What do you do outside of weightlifting now? Nothing? Yeah, coach weightlifting. Watch T V Netflix what?
0: No, listen I'm very uh I'm a proud father of two. Uh I am married. My wife somehow deals with my garbage. Um, very, very patient woman. And so when I'm not in the gym, when my mind is not on the barbell, um, and I'm not being an entrepreneur because people forget I run a gym, I own a gym, I wish I can just wake up every day, coach and go home, but I have to like, I don't know, like get the rent going and I've got to deal with membership and things like that. Um, my leisure time, my outside of, uh, the sport, uh, is spent hundred percent with my family. My immediate and then my extended family, my siblings and their families. And we just socialize, man. We get together, we'll eat, we'll do vacations. My, my family, I live in Orlando, as you know, and um, my wife and kids are huge Disney people.
1: Um, as they should be.
0: As they should be. They go on a whim. I mean, Saturday afternoon, they're bored. What do you want to do? Let's just run over to Disney real quick. And they do that.
1: Do you say, get like the season passes or they, something uh, like that? No, I
0: mean, they do. have the annual passes and all the discounts that associate associated with it. I don't because I, I can't attend as frequently. Um and when I listen, I'm out of town right now with you here uh at this tournament and they're probably at Disney right now. Um uh, but I will join them and, and, and I they drag me all day long. This is a
1: very important question. What is your favorite Disney ride?
0: Oh um I'm asking, the, one. hard asking no. the hard ones asking the hard ones because uh, cuz I'm more of a universal studios kind of guy
1: Oh okay yeah. so you like a r- more roller coaster Yeah dude I like okay. the intense God, stuff I man. can't do the roller coasters I'm such a wuss
0: Yeah no man I love them I mean if my gut drops it's better Ugh. um and so um you know I like uh I like the the seasonal year around Halloween, their haunted mansion is the best. Oh man. I mean they got the little weird hologram stuff they got. Are you too. talking about are you talking about Halloween Horror Nights? At Disney. Oh at yeah, Disney. Okay. At okay. Disney, okay. Yeah. Not wow. Halloween Horror Nights, but at Disney. We
1: are going this year the um the Haunted House, The Nightmare Before Christmas, they Sweet. do it in California. Yeah. That's been on our bucket list, and we're doing it this year. We're it. so excited. Do it. But, but yeah, we always go to The Haunted House. That's that's one of my favorite, too. Yeah, sure. yeah. yeah. Like they drive and, the elevator, and the elevator, when the elevator starts yeah, getting taller. Man. That's yeah. cool, man. And yeah. you're just
0: standing there, and is it getting taller, or is it just the wall? Who knows? It's cool. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's real cool stuff. So that's what I do. I just spend it with my kids. They're growing up. They're 10, 7. My daughter will be 11 in three days. And uh, I uh, I do the right thing and watch them grow, man. And be a part of that, uh, I'm hoping to sucker them into doing weightlifting one day. Uh, but if they don't, it's fine. I've had my career. I'm not going to push it on them. Yeah, uh, just, I just hope they do.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. It's tough when when you do something, you want your kids so you can live vicariously through them. Yeah, I don't have to kind do that of stuff. But I'm yeah, living but it now. You got them. enough kids to live vicariously through, yeah, right? I've got
0: plenty of apps, so <laughs> I'm
1: fine. So, um, with everybody that's on the podcast, we um, I let them pick. This is such a random thing, but I let them pick the uh, the color microphone that yeah. they use. We got a bunch of different colors. You picked royal blue, team colors, baby. So that's is that, is that your favorite color, just team colors, or I f- both? Both. I
0: mean, growing up, I was just a younger man I had a combination. I couldn't even tell. You know where I think I came over with it?
1: Is it because it's the cop color? No, not at all. I don't love law enforcement that much. (laughs) No, you got blue on your ring too, and that is
0: the that is the blue line of whatever. And this is kind of a this serves a dual purpose. I really like that on my wedding ring. Thank you. It's team colors, and it happens to be the blue line, so that worked out. No, no. When I was a younger boy, I believe I had a favorite outfit. Uh, it was uh, – I think we all probably had our favorite outfit where I wore it five times a week, like all the time in school, <laughs> everywhere I went. It was just my – it was my shirt. It was my, it was little. We did
1: that because we were just poor. We just um, didn't yeah, have a whole lot of parents, clothes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I, only got, I only got clothes at the beginning of a school year. Um, I just had an outfit, man, and that outfit was royal blue, uh, black, and gray. And I just – it was just the outfit fit me. I thought maybe – Maybe the chicks dug me in and I don't know. I was just, they were, I just loved this outfit and I wore it. I mean, if my mom has plenty of photos of me around this time period and many photos was me in this shirt and pants that I was wearing and um, I felt confident in whatever. And I just, I guess I just I grew attached to the color combination. All right. Now I'm in Orlando, the Orlando magic ended up being badass Oh yeah. Same exact.
1: Huge Magic fan.
0: Yeah, so I, the connection was there. Orlando, those are my colors. I love it. Right.
1: True story. A little bit of information about me. My first Bible that I got. The cover, you know, I don't know if you went to school. You used to go. I went to a Christian school, and we used to be able to buy like the covers at the book uh, book fairs or whatever. Right. It was an Orlando Magic. Yeah. Book cover and like the old school. And um, through all the travels, like this was, I got it when I was probably eight. So it was almost 30 years ago. I still have that thing. No way, yeah. I still have it. And every now and then, I'm not sure where it is. It's probably with my parents now since we're traveling around or whatever. But that's, yeah. I was a huge Magic fan, man. Yeah,
0: wow, yeah. We'll see the And I'm in the town when they were, Champions!
1: Oh, absolutely! So absolutely. the town's going crazy. Well, I mean, you had all the people like Grant, Shaq. Shaq, Shaq, yeah. everybody, Penny. Everybody yeah. was there. Like it was right,
0: yeah. And we'd go to the games, and the, those are my colors, right? Those are my colors. And then I just really adopted those colors everywhere I went. Um, whether it was a car or it was drawings, and you know, you live your life and you do things, and you become, a, you know, you you become a creature of habit, and you do things routinely, things that feel comfortable and normal. Now it's time for me to start my own weightlifting team time to get t-shirts and logos and that's changed a few times over the years and i just went to what was comfortable which was royal blue
1: black and gray that is the best and most thorough microphone color question there Emma, you go that's awesome yeah i hope we're taking
0: pictures man <laughs> we will we'll take a picture after a couple have pictures to do one of with it yeah yeah because sure. you asked me like hey this sounds kind of cheesy man but i've got a microphone cover and you, you showed me an array it's of just them. such
1: a silly thing because and i royal, just royal bro look at the shirt i went there. to the store to get a couple and like they had this like rainbow and i'm like yeah i'm gonna get the rainbow get why the rainbow. not yeah. we'll just get the rainbow options there <laughs> so man thank you so much for you're coming welcome. on um Tell everybody um, where they can find more information about you um, for seminars and all the kind of stuff that you're doing.
0: Two main sources. Uh, my website, www.oliconcepts.com My Instagram is Camargo underscore Oli. Uh, my gym's Instagram, at um, @oliconcepts Concepts. And um, I do have a Facebook as well, Oli Concepts, so the theme is there. You can just punch that in, and I'm hoping there's hey, some Google good Oli
1: Concepts, you're yeah. probably going to come.
0: I hope so. If not, someone needs to tell me so that I can pay the right money and make SEO. sure that
1: happens. SEO, got to hire that SEO yeah. person.
0: <laughs> right, <laughs> right, for sure. So that's the easiest way, and you'll find me in uh, at least my philosophies. I'm very open and transparent
1: awesome man it was so good talking to you and thank you so much for doing this again um I think we trumped the first conversation anyways that we had
0: yeah screw I feel that like other it's one.
1: much better yeah. screw the first time the yeah. second second's the best
0: it's this microphone
1: yeah it's definitely the microphone thank you uh, and congratulations. Um, in advance because I know your team is going to kick butt at the Arnold here yeah, this thank weekend. You. Thank so, you. and thank I'm going to let you go because I know you got to go and uh, it's another one in the books. Uh, you guys uh, make sure that you subscribe to all of our stuff The Jim Gypsy. I'm Instagram at Justin Metz. You can go to The Jim Gypsy Podcast at Jim Gypsy Podcast. Liftandletlivefit.com for all of our content as always. Thank you guys for tuning in. Daniel I'm Justin. We're out. Thank you. Hey, if you're still hanging around, you must like us. Thanks. You might as well subscribe and give us a five-star rating and a positive review. The love keeps us warm on long winter nights. Until next time. The Power to the podcast.